Fasten your seatbelts for a 360-degree burnout. Precision handling for one to four drivers. New Mario Kart 64. It's the wildest ride ever. Welcome to Remember 64, where this week we race around the Mushroom Kingdom. Welcome back to the show, everyone. My name is David Petrangelo, and I'll be your host for this adventure as I collect, play, study, and discuss the classic Nintendo 64 console with you and fellow nerdy guests. This is the podcast where you'll get a short history and fun discussion all about N64 games every two weeks. Of course, you can find Remember 64 on Patreon as well. Help me build my collection and decide what to play next for as little as $2 a month. Even if you want to join as player three in on the party, you'll get early access to each one of the episodes, at least three to five days early. You can find that at patreon.com slash remember64show. If you have any questions about it, always feel free to ask. I'm available on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and through email, remember64show at gmail.com. Well, this time you've entered level four, where we're going to talk all things Mario Kart 64. Oh yes, one of the Nintendo 64's top-selling games and the second console release in the now 30-year-old franchise. And of course, don't forget that at the end of the episode, I will be going through your answers of who your favorite Mario Kart racer was across all of the Mario Kart generations in the nerd question of the day. So stay tuned. Let's bust out those history books, everyone. I'm learning. It's time to head back to February 1997. Star Wars Special Edition is number one at the North American box office with 147 million. Second place, 100 million behind is Dante's Peak. For any hockey fans out there, on February 1st, future Hall of Famer Ray Bork scores a goal and an assist to become the Boston Bruins' all-time leading scorer. But of course, the release of Mario Kart 64 is what we're focusing on this week. Well, in the months leading up to the original release date for the N64 itself, Nintendo teased that it was working on a new Mario Kart title called Mario Kart R64. You can hear a little bit more about the trade shows and the inaugural E3 where they showed off the console in this podcast's first episode. While in development, legendary game creator Shigeru Miyamoto decided that Nintendo's next big kart racer would be a big step up while also being very accessible to people of all ages. We'll get to that in just a little bit. As mentioned, Mario Kart R, which stands for Rendered, was shown off a number of times, whether it be a demo or screenshots while at US and Japanese trade shows over the years. Nintendo really pushed the fact that the N64 had groundbreaking technology at the time. The internal memory, or ROM, allowed the developers to add 8 racers this time and 16 tracks, but the cartridges still had limited memory or power to work with, so they used a technology that's called billboarding in order to have higher detailed tracks and racers run smoothly at all times. Now, what does this mean? Well, it took 2D sprites of each character and rendered them from every angle possible. 
Upon its release about four months after the N64 console itself hit North American shelves, Mario Kart 64 was a smash hit the second gamers got a hold of it on February 10th, 1997. In the end, it was the second best-selling game in the console's history worldwide. The most up-to-date stats that I could find out there come from 2014, where Game Informer says that MK64 sold a whopping 9.87 million units around the world. Finally, shortly after its release, Nintendo's Shigeru Miyamoto said this in a Japanese strategy guide interview for the game, talking about the Mario Kart series to that point. He said, quote, Mario Kart, you see, was meant to appeal to a wide audience. We want to make a game where anyone, from age 3 to 100, could jump in and start competing right away, regardless of their skill level. So in making a sequel, we decided that we did not want to change most of the basic elements of the game. People have been saying, video games are evolving. And while there are some things that surely have to change, the truth is, keeping things the same does make it easier for the average person. Alright, Nintendo nerds. Let's put away the history books. Let's chat about playing the game and our memories of it. Mario Kart 64. Nintendo 64. Of course, now it's time to get into the memories, the good times and the bad that we had with Mario Kart 64. And I'm really happy to have friend of the Back in My Day podcast show. We have Neil from the GameCube Was Cool podcast joining us to talk about Mario Kart 64. Neil, welcome to the show. Yeah, Dave, thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to talk about uh, the Nintendo 64 and Mario Kart 64. Even though I do uh, co-host a GameCube-exclusive podcast, I do play other consoles, and the Nintendo 64 is such a near and dear console to my heart. Got it back in Christmas of 99, so I was really hyped when you asked me to come on today to talk about it, because as most of our listeners know, my co-host, Mike Lane, hates the N64, so anytime I try to bring it up, he never wants to talk about it, so thank you so much for having me on. No worries, I'm just here to give you an outlet, man, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, any outlet I can get, man, the N64, uh, my best friend doesn't like it, it's it's the only uh, the only issue we have over the years. <laughs> <laughs> that's when the boxing gloves come out. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. I don't know what he did. Over, you have to settle it over uh, a smash on on uh, GameCube or on, uh, you know, yeah. on Wii or something like that, like a neutral console. <laughs> exactly. I, I don't know. We can't play with that three. He can't, he can't figure out the three pronged controller ever. It seems right, but right. The, he didn't grow up with it. I don't know what he did before the year 2001, but uh, we, we became friends nonetheless. So, <laughs> all right, well, it still happens. That's great. So yeah, let's, yeah. let's uh, before we jump into, uh, into the 64 itself and the game, uh, let everybody know about, about your show. You mentioned it's, uh, it's all about the GameCube. Let's, uh, let's hear about it. Yeah, the GameCube was cool podcast. It's a uh, recorded and produced show from here in Toronto. We're a weekly podcast every Thursday on all the major podcast services, uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. I don't even know what they all are anymore. There's just so many, dude. There's so many podcast services now. There's, uh, there's got to be at least 20. Like, come on. It, oh, yeah, at least. We find, like, we have our stats and we get, like, these podcast services we've never even heard of. Yeah. Uh, but, like, there's Google Podcasts, too. I think we're on iHeartRadio now. But if you think if you can think of a spot of if you can think of a podcast service out there, we're probably on it. Uh, but Mike and I, my co-host Mike Lane, we every week sit down and we talk about one uh, game or sometimes we talk about 12 games at a time. Our goal really is to just get through the North American GameCube game lineup. It's 555 games. 
Uh, we're, I guess at the time of recording this, we're about 90 episodes in. We've covered 410 games. Wow. Uh, so we, we've been doing this for about two years now, man, which is hard to believe. It's It'll be two years this May. We're coming up on our podcasting anniversary. And it's been such a cool project. We've met a bunch of cool friends like yourself. We've had a, a couple of interesting guests come on. We've had uh, one uh, girl from Nintendo Life come on. We've had a, an announcer from uh, like an NHL arena in Vancouver come on the show. So like just like these random guests that have come on to share their their memories uh, of GameCube games from back in the day. It's just something that Mike and I, we bonded over as kids. And during the pandemic, we, we needed something creative to do, like an outlet. And uh, this was the obvious thing. So two years later, we haven't missed a week. So if you haven't already, go on over to any of those podcast services and check us out. And we've covered most of the games by now. So there's got to be something out there that you'll probably like. Yeah, there, there's tons of really good ones, including, you know, Mario Kart and 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 the like. Basically, the next evolution of a lot of the games that I'll, I'll likely be playing and talking about here as well. So it's sort of like a perfect transition. And that's one of the reasons why I also wanted to have you on, too, is because you've played very recently and experienced very much more recently than I have a lot of the next iterations of all these games and Mario Kart's a big one too. So we'll sort of, we'll talk about uh, Mario Kart on, on GameCube and, and Game Boy and all that stuff as well. But um, you mentioned that you had your 64 in 99, I think you said Christmas. So um, yeah. what was your, what was your experience? Like it was, was that, were you the kid in that uh, that popular video ripping open the, the wrapping paper and, and screaming at the top of your lungs when you got it? Or was it just like, okay, this is my next console and this is fun because you got it about three years after it came out, right? So you, I guess yeah. a lot of people don't necessarily get their consoles right when they are released, which is fair enough, but mm -hmm. um, you're right in the smack in the middle of the life cycle of the console. How did all that, how did all that go at that time? If you can remember. <laughs> yeah, dude, it's a long time now. So I was born in 93. So it was Christmas of 99. This was the N64 was really a gift for my older brother. He's five years older than me. So he must've been around 10 or 11 at the time, I suppose. So the, me the memory for me is very foggy. I don't think I was that kid in the Christmas onesie screaming the N64 uh, when he unwrapped it. It was a gift. I, I see. I think it was a gift from Santa, if I remember correctly. And I think... It was either Goldeneye or Perfect Dark. It was one of the shooter games that we got with it. And then we also unwrapped from our parents Mario Kart 64. So I think it was perfect. I think it was Perfect Dark and Mario Kart 64 were like the first two games we got. Uh, we got the uh, the N64 packed in with the uh, the atomic purple see-through controller, which was dope. And yes. it came with the, the standard gray controller, which, of course, since I was the younger brother, I got the gray controller every single time. And you're also and, player two, of course. Yep, of course, player two. My brother <laughs> always got like the first pick on his character in Mario yeah. Kart because he was fast. He had the dexterity. He could pick the best character or whatever it was. And I was always stuck with, since there were only eight characters in the game, I I, I was stuck with the other seven. Um, but yeah, those are my memories. And, uh, over the years, my parents got us, uh, I guess we got the console a couple of years late because, uh, they wanted us to be a little older. They wanted us to, I guess, develop a little bit in terms of our, our hand-eye coordination and video games. So not, this wasn't our next console. This was actually our first family console. Ah. We didn't, we didn't have the SNES. We, my uncle did. So we went over to his house and played the SNES. Uh, so this was the first console that my parents gave us to to share, I guess. We all had, uh, I think at this point, we all had Game Boy Colors because Pokemon was in full swing in 1997. Yeah, for sure. In 99, 97. Or, yeah. Yeah, anywhere between 97 and 2000. I think yeah. everybody had at least one iteration of Pokemon, for sure. Y yeah, yeah, we definitely did. I got I got mine with Pokemon Yellow, and then it felt like just a few months later, we were getting red and blue, and then like the next Christmas, we were getting silver and gold. So, uh, But this was the first, uh, the home console that we had to share. 
but like the memory of getting all of these games just is completely gone for, from my memory. But uh, not long after getting this console, within what feels like a few months, we had Pokemon Snap, we had Stadium, we had Diddy Kong Racing, we had GoldenEye and Perfect Dark and Mario Kart and uh, Star Fox and just like all of these incredible games. We missed out on a few big titles like the Zelda games. We didn't get any of those until way later, unfortunately. Mm, and yeah. more notably, which is interesting to me, is that my parents never got us another Mario anything for the N64. Oh, uh, we didn't crazy. We never got. Yeah, we didn't get Super Mario. We didn't get any of the Mario parties. We didn't get Mario Tennis or Mario Golf. So this was really my Mario game for the first few years of my life. Eventually, our uncle gave us the SNES with Super Mario World, uh, which became one of my favorite games of all time. It was my number one favorite game until uh, Breath of the Wild came out. Um, awesome. But but Super Mario or but Mario Kart 64 uh, being my first Mario Kart experience was also my favorite Mario game and like my favorite Nintendo 64 game for for the longest time. And as the years have gone by, I eventually had adult money and I had uh, an eBay account. So I eventually went back and bought <laughs> all those games that I missed. I bought Zelda and Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask and Mario 64, Banjo-Kazooie, another game that I missed back in the day. So uh, having access to eBay and all of these games and now the virtual console, it's just a great time to be an N64 collector. And not that I didn't play these games back in the day. I did at friends' houses, but it's nice to finally own them and be able to play at any time. And I own all the Mario Karts too. So uh, like I bought every single one after that double dash DS Wii, and like, I can't say no to any of them. Like occasionally I'll be on the couch and I'll just like, ah, you know what? I want to play Mario Kart DS today, or I want to jump back and play the, the super Mario Kart. Like I never really think of like only playing the latest one. I always go back to the old ones. I just get random urges to play these games because they're all so damn good. Yeah. And they all have their own, I mean, especially, especially double dash, like they, they have all their own little like unique spins on it. At least I think after the first two, after super Mario Kart and 64, I think they all sort of had their own little thing. And it's just, every one of them feels a little bit different than, than the last or different mm -hmm. than the newest. And, and that's great. Like how, how they, how they keep these games fresh and how this, this, you know, has been going on for 30 years now is, is pretty yeah. impressive. Um, mm -hmm. So Mario Kart 64, I, I, for me, my my first one was the Super Nintendo version. And to this day, I mean, I to me, it's my favorite because it's nostalgia as okay. far as the series go. And, and I think that that's, you know, it's sort of like an unfair thing. But I, I will probably always say that whatever the newest one is, the quote unquote best, right? Mm -hmm. Because you play Mario Kart 8 and, and really it controls really well. The, the stages are really great. There's a lot of variety, all these types of things. It's, it's really tight and everything. But... I, I just like you go back and you'll play a random one for me if for whatever reason it's either I'm picking up the 64 version or I'm picking up the Super Nintendo one maybe that yeah. just shows my age but those are the <laughs> ones that I always want to go back to but I, I do find that unfortunately 60 the 64 version of, of this game Mario Kart 64 just it just doesn't age as well as even the Super Nintendo and I don't know if that's just because what they were limited with the technology at the time specifically. I don't know if the look doesn't work for me as well. I, I don't know. How, how do you feel like nowadays it, it yeah. does it, does it hold up for you as well? Or is, is there something missing there? Cause it feels like to me, there's just a little bit of something and maybe that's blasphemy saying this on a Nintendo 64 <laughs> show, but that's just, it's just the way I feel. I don't know. 
it's a risky move to insult any of the Mario Kart games on an on a Nintendo podcast. It feels like like as soon as you bash any of them or, or point out anything that's wrong with any of them, I feel like like the fanboys will just jump on you and dogpile you and tell you why you're wrong. No, I definitely noticed that the Mario Kart 64 game doesn't age super well. As nostalgic as I am for this game, it's probably my favorite N64 game. Uh, the only couple ones that might be up there against it are the Zeldas and the and the Mario 64. But mm-hmm. Mario Kart 64 is definitely the game that I played the most. Like back in the day when we had half day kindergarten kids, uh, like I would come home at noon and basically play this game until Pokemon was on. And then after Pokemon was done, go back and play Mario Kart 64, not noticing, not noticing that there was only not noticing the limitations of this game, that there were only eight sure. playable characters, that there's only four cups. There's only 16 courses. Uh, if you don't have a friend around, like you can't really play battle mode or anything like there's no online. So there's obviously a lot of, uh, shortcomings on this game going back to it today like when it when we finally got the nintendo 64 uh expansion pass on the switch a couple months yeah, ago I, yeah. I i i played this i played mario kart 64 with my girlfriend because we played mario kart wii together and then when we got the switch uh, set up we played mario kart 8 deluxe and she's playing that we got the dlc coming out and i was like oh let's let's play this game that i played as a kid that i played for hours that i loved you know playing with my friends after school and and at recess and stuff and and I was just like, oh, no, like like she was she was she was driving into walls like the music wasn't holding up right. The graphics looked a little bit rough. The controls are a little slippery compared to the newer games. So like for me, I have that muscle memory because I've been playing this game now for what's the math on this now? Twenty three years, approximately. Yeah, so yeah. It, it's, it'd be twenty three. And for yeah. for if like the game itself came out a little even before that. Right. So it's, it's we're yeah. pushing twenty five, twenty six years here. So yeah, 25th anniversary this year, I suppose. So it's hard for me to not judge it by that because I have that muscle memory of this. Like sure. I, I know every course off by heart. I know all the songs. I know which characters work best. I know my favorite character and my favorite tracks. So it's hard not to look at it through rose tinted glasses. But I, I, I'm on in the opposite camp as you. I think the SNES game has aged even worse than the N64 one. I know what it's done for the series. Like it started it all. It, it, sure, it, sure. it, it jumped, it, it kickstarted the kart racing genre, uh, which really is huge, like especially in the 2000s. Uh, but like you said, every game after the SNES game, up until the Wii, I would say, it, it just got better and better and better. I don't think the Wii is better than Double Dash, but that's a that's a hot take that we obviously have because we're very biased towards uh, towards GameCube games. But yeah, it is tough to go back to the N64 version in, in some respects. Yeah, and, and I think there's little things like, you know, they're trying to do more with the technology, but just the way it looks, right? Making the, right. the, the courses and the characters more complicated is the wrong way to say it, but sort of put more depth to it and everything, right? Mm-hmm. And the look of it itself for the for Super Mario Kart for the first one just works better for me, maybe because it looks a little bit more like a hand-drawn type of animation because a lot of those yeah. types of games are, which is why you see so many different, you know, iterations of indie games, for example, like use that kind of art style. But I just, yeah, I just, I found it being a little more muddy than I would want it to be um, for yeah. a game that moves so fast and there's so much going on. But like you said, it is muscle memory. I have so many great memories playing it and I replayed every single course uh, again over the last couple of weeks. And yeah, for for some reason I just, oh yeah, this is where the where the question block is. This is the shortcut to this map and that map. Yep. It's like, or, or, you know, how, how do I remember this? I haven't touched I this know. game in 15 years. Like it's, it's insane, but that's where the mm-hmm. fun comes too. And also you're forced to find those as you play with three other friends on the couch. Right. I think that's where yep. games like this shine. Like you said, I think that's where a lot of the memories come from. I, I'm, I assume for you as well. 
Oh yeah, like like playing with my my kindergarten and grade one friends every day after school. That was the thing was that we all had N sixty fours. There was maybe a group of four or five of us, and this is pre when I met my co host Mike. We've been friends for twenty years, but pre him, I had like kindergarten friends that we would we all lived in the same neighborhood, and we would go to whoever's mom was home. We would go to that house basically after school, and we would play this for hours, watch Pokemon again, of course, and then we'd play like Super Smash Bros. Yeah, uh, right. And we'd all play the same characters, the same courses. We'd play battle mode. And then at Christmas time, you know, my cousins would come over. I have cousins around my age on my mom and my dad's side. And we we only had two controllers, but everyone would bring over their own controllers, their blue, their greens or whatever controllers they had. And we'd play Mario Kart. We'd play battle mode and we'd play the Grand Prix. all of them. We'd play all the cups in mirror mode in 150 cc we'd swap out because whoever comes in last place has to drop off their controller uh, <laughs> all, all of those memories are there man yeah like it's 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 so timeless and i'm so glad that they just kept the series going through every console like I feel like I feel like one I feel like one per console is enough. I don't think we need to have one every year. I would hate for this to become an annualized franchise. It just makes it so much more special having just one every five to six years. Yeah, I, I think the I think the only disadvantage to the to the Mario Kart Eight and Deluxe and now the you know the new courses that are that are now uh, rolling out is that like that's been out for ten years now, and it's I know. like oh, okay, like. Yeah, I, I get it. It still works. Like I just said a few minutes ago, like it still works. It's still a great game. It's still awesome. But it's like, okay, I just, I want new tracks. I don't want what I played for the Wii. You know, I yeah. don't want what I played for the GameCube again. You know, I just, right. I want something new and I don't, you don't need an expanded roster. There's what 40 characters you can pick now at this point. And yep. you know, it, it is crazy. You mentioned it a few minutes ago too, where it's like you you pull up the menu for this for Smash Brothers, which was on our previous episode. You you pick it up and you go, oh, I have only these guys to choose from. <laughs> Where's Mewtwo? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to pick, you know, I wanted to pick uh, Diddy Kong when I wanted to race uh, yeah. on Mario Kart 64. I go, oh, well, they didn't do that yet. It was just yeah. Donkey Kong, which is which is fine by me. I love Mr. Donkey Kong, but it was just it's just sort of funny that that's that's what it is. So. Um, did you have a go-to character or, or a favorite track or any of that? I think you mentioned that a little bit before. I do. And I did. Yes. Uh, my favorite character in Mario Kart 64 is Bowser. Uh, I, I love Bowser. He's a heavy, uh, the characters do have weight to them. Uh, there's like Bowser, Donkey Kong, Wario are the heavies, uh, Mario, Luigi and Toad or Mario, Luigi and Yoshi are like the middle range. And, and yeah. The like sort of ones. Yeah, middle ground feel. Yeah. Yeah. And then you got Peach toad as the light ones uh, i'm forgetting somebody in there i think but uh yeah no i always went to bowser and that was what was always so frustrating to me playing with my older brother was he always got to bowser first so i'd be left <laughs> with uh, someone else and i'd usually pick yoshi uh yoshi's my main for the, every mario kart game after this i i even on mario kart 8 deluxe i always play as yoshi i have my bike all picked out now but uh i was just playing uh, mario kart 64 before we started recording and I went to Yoshi just to see how he plays in this game. And it's not good. Like, I need to play as Bowser in, in Mario Kart 64. Yeah, I just couldn't get the feel down, eh? No, no, I couldn't. Like, I need that heavy the heavy guy. Because, like, as soon as you bump into anything in Mario Kart 64, I feel like you just go flying. Uh, so as a, light, as a light character, like, I could never play as Toad, which my sister and my cousins always did. I could not understand that. <laughs> did you have a main character that you go to? I mean, at the time, I'm, pr I'm pretty sure I gravitated towards uh bowser as well i think just because it was like cool yeah. i'm playing the bad guy you know like mm -hmm. that kind of thing yeah. but i don't know that at the time i really always went to one character because 
I don't know, honestly, if I really had the nuance to know the differences. Like, I really, really? don't think that I had that at the time. Yeah. I mean, I, I played this more when it came out at 90, you know, 97, 98 and all that. And I just, I don't know. At the time, I think I just went with the the character that I liked. But I do know that I I think Donkey Kong is who I always gravitate towards because I really love Donkey Kong games. Mm. Um, and even now in the new ones, it's it's newer ones. I, I Diddy Kong is, you know, he's lighter and everything. But I don't know. I just go to the characters that I really like their series, I think yeah. is a lot of it. So I do like the heavies, too. I I, I tend to even do that with um, the Super Super Nintendo version. I I plays donkey kong jr for some reason um just because and then as far as like favorite tracks go i always really liked the boo levels you know the sort of haunted house levels because yeah i find i find that i like the music i think it's sort of that like creepy you know uh string and piano music and stuff and and i just you know i just like how they how when you bump into the wall i know it makes it more difficult and frustrating sometimes but you bump into the wall and now there's a hole in the wall and if you yeah. and if you screw up that turn next time, you're you're off the track. And I, I just I like that added difficulty to it. I, I don't think that they hold up as well in Mario Kart 64 compared to some of the others. But I've just always liked the look and feel of those stages. So I think that's why I gravitate towards those. But I do like just the first set of levels in this game, like just the first tracks that you run into, like just Luigi's Raceway. It's just a circle, but it's fun. I don't know. I I, I enjoyed it. So um yeah i don't know what what track or tracks stand out to you yeah i love wario stadium in this game yes, i don't know what yes. it is about it but it's like the dirt bike racing track basically where it's basically got... excite bike that's what it yes, is <laughs> exactly it's so cool like you've got an like you've got a stadium of people watching you uh they've got jumps like you can jump over the course they've got like little bumps uh the track just feels so i don't know it just feels really unique and like i know that there's like a dirt bike stadium now in every mario kart game since then but I always loved playing that one. And like you would get to a certain part where you could see the Jumbotron and you were on the Jumbotron. Uh, I just love that. And like if you knock and like when someone's about to go over the jump, if you hit them right before they go over the jump, now they're back down to like the middle of the course again. Oh, you basically, man. You've knocked them back like into eighth place just by like <laughs> screwing them over at that jump. I love that course so much. Uh, I always picked uh, that's the Star Cup that that I always picked that one. That was always like my warm up track to play for whatever reason. I just loved it because it goes from that to the the penguin level, which is really cool as well. That's the one I was just going to say that I also really like in this one. Yeah, yeah, I really enjoyed that. I played that a couple times the other day and I go, yeah, yeah, no, I actually really like the feel of this one. It's fun. Yeah, it's, it's a it's a great one. I love that one. I love the music. I love hearing the penguins and like they're sliding all over the place. And of course, the penguins are iconic in Mario 64, which yeah. I didn't I didn't know at the time. I, I this again, this is my Mario game. And you've even got uh, like Peach's, what's it called? Peach's Raceway, I think it's uh, called. Yeah, I think it's Peach's Raceway. I'll find S- it here. Something yeah. like that, which, yeah, which they remade in the uh, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe version, which I didn't like as much, actually, that that remake that they added. But that one's got like this massive jump in it, which you get like a whole bunch of uh, boosts. And then you yeah, take a so massive you get, like, jump. Three or four boosts. And then you have yes. a huge one that goes over a huge gap. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You jump over like the lake kind of thing or the giant pond. And honestly, like playing this game when I was a kid, I would get that feeling you get like when you're on a roller coaster, when you go up and then you're going down the hill. I would get that feeling in my stomach. Like this is years before VR or anything. Uh, just playing as a kid, like you felt like that sense of height and dropping. And then sometimes you bounce, sometimes you don't. It was so cool. And then you yeah, even... the bounce. It's right. I got at yeah. that a couple of times. I was like, how did I do that? Or where did that come from? <laughs> yeah. You, if you time a jump at just the right time, you get like a massive extra bounce, which was just, com- 
yeah. a really random boost there. Yeah. And yeah. you can even go off course in that game too, I believe, and go over to the castle to go like explore Peach's castle. Of course, if you do that, you en- you instantly come in last place. Um, but a yeah, couple but of the courses, explore. come on. Yeah. Like a couple of these courses had the opportunity to go off the track and explore, which was just so much well, fun. That was Same. the, uh, the desert one with the, yes. uh, with the train. I, I, the, the name is escaping me. Now. Shy guy. Actually, it's like a shy guy desert or something. Yeah. You can actually yeah. go into the, into the tunnel and everything. And I remember we used to think that that was such a big, you know, it's a shortcut. Secret. Yeah. yeah, and then all of a sudden the train comes and knocks you off, and you're like, oh well, so much for that, you know. <laughs> but it was funny, like, like you see the train coming and you hit it dead on, you go flying, or Lakitu's in your face telling you that you're going the wrong way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I love yeah, that. I did man. play, I did play that that stage because I I played most of these levels once, but that was one of the ones for whatever reason I I played the mushroom cup a couple of times, and and okay. that's actually the level because it's not a super complicated track other than sort of dodging the train. But mm-hmm. that's the one where I really realized that the rubber banding in this game is on like high alert. It is yeah. it is green means go every single time <laughs> that you are in first place, right? So, yep. you know, I actually ended up um, speeding past it just by chance. I think I was in second or third and I had a mushroom. I sped right past the train and then two or three characters that were behind me just got smoked. And then I realized by the time I even got to you know the next lap the beginning of the next lap which was only half a lap they're already on my ass yeah <laughs> God, i know man <laughs> the rubber banding was right there man i i'm i 100 agree i was just playing dk no not dk jungle i was just playing uh what was it now i guess it's the star cup the very or no the last one what is that one the uh the fourth one with bowser's castle and everything uh, the castle yeah yeah, so that one starts off with the donkey kong jungle course and that one's brutal like like the characters will that get knocked tough. Yeah, and like the rubber banding, I noticed especially like the characters will get knocked. You jump over the um like the cruise boat kind of thing going on. Like there's there's like a little river cruise going on. I guess there's yeah, some kind of a, <laughs> DK Jungle is also a tourist attraction now. I don't know okay. what's going on there, <laughs> but like like one character will get knocked into the river, and then the next thing you know, yeah, they're right on your butt again. But when it happens to you, you're in eighth place for the next five minutes, basically. Like there's just no. It's not even at all. And you get the items. Of course, you get better items when you're in last place, which helps. But again, when you're a kid, you don't notice that there's rubber banding. You just assume that these guys are these guys are really good and you got to be better. But yeah, yeah. I mean, I understand the idea of it. And believe me, this is I mean, obviously, this is not the only game that uses that. That's just what yep. I noticed recently. But um, <laughs> the, the one thing that that stood out to me, too, that I completely forgot until I picked this back up again is there's no coins. Right. And, and I, I miss to that. me. I really like like I like. Mm having the coins and and in you know in a lot of the iterations that is your speed i don't know i kind of miss being able to go around and pick up coins i don't know i i I like that sort of added thing picking up coins Mm. is just too iconic in a mario game it's sad that they don't they didn't have it yeah, I don't know why they didn't why they didn't do it in this one. It, it's like a little bit of a meta game too. Like you want to finish the, yes. the the game in first place, and you want to finish with a full pocket of coins with all ten coins. Like I was I was playing Mario Kart sixty four today, and like after playing Mario Kart eight Deluxe now for like you said ten years, it feels like um, I was just like, oh, so I'm I'm just supposed to race? Like you know, like you feel like almost <laughs> like you're spoiled. Like is there nothing else I'm supposed to be doing here? Um, like you you feel like you should be looking for coins at every turn because you want to get the extra boost and. Uh, as that's the way you get three stars when you finish the uh, the Grand Prix. If you have ten coins in every in every race, you get an extra star for doing that. So yeah, I, I love the extra like meta game to it too, or like you you feel like you've done better if you finish a, a a race in first place and you have all the coins. I definitely missed it. They did that in the SNES version, but they didn't bring it back until was it DS or Wii? Like they they didn't use yeah, coins for a while. It took a while. It was two or three iterations that they didn't. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't have a ton of experience with Double Dash, but 
you obviously do. So yeah, no coins there. There's no coins as well, right? Yeah. No. So that's a little strange. I mean, that that game is is kind of on another level, right? So what mm-hmm. what do you what do you think that Double Dash learned from this? Because you have more experience playing that with with it being uh, <laughs> with it yeah. being your console, your game, so to speak. You know, like what what's what stands out to you other than I mean, I think the obvious is the co-op, but other than that, is there anything else that sort of says like, wow, they really learned their lesson from previous iterations? Yeah, they learned a few things. They also didn't like for one thing, Double Dash, it has the same number of tracks as Mario Kart 64, which always bothered me. Like Mario oh, Kart 64. Oh, does it? Oh, okay, I thought I had a couple. I thought I had one more cup. I didn't realize. No, it's four cups again. Unless I'm like drawing a, like I'm completely blanking here, but I'm pretty sure it's only four cups again. They added another one, but it's all the mirror modes basically, which, so they kind of, right. they it's kind of snuck, yeah. yeah, they snuck that one in as like the fifth cup technically was the mirror mode. Yeah, maybe um, that's but, what I'm thinking of then, yeah. Yeah, uh, but for me, Mario Kart Double Dash, I, I think the items were way better. Like in Mario Kart 64, I feel like it was bananas, it was shells. And then other than the lightning bolt, there was really nothing super standout about the items in the, Mario Kart 64. The gold 64. mushroom was new, so there was that. Yeah, they added that one. They added the ghost too, which I don't the think ghost, that was yeah. in SNES. But um, yeah. I didn't really, I, I, I honestly don't know what the point of that ghost power up is. Like you're invisible for three seconds. Like I, I don't know. What... It steals someone else's item. Oh, that's well. what that does. Okay. I don't know if it's the person in front of you or if it's random. I can't remember exactly, but it, yeah, okay. it's, it it's still, if someone else has an item that's either right beside you or just in front of you or something, you you go invisible, uh, so you might not be able to get hit, or you can zoom through the train in that one particular level, yeah, for example. Yeah, that's um, true. Or uh, and then it also yeah, it steals like a shell or something from someone, right? Yeah. I was always a fan of the three red shells. That was kind of my Love favorite it. item to yeah. use. Yeah, that, that was my favorite item. Everything else I could do without. Uh, but in Double Dash, one of the coolest things that they added uh, in terms of items was that every character had their own unique item, which yes, added just another right. level. It added just another level like of strategy there. So you could pick your two characters, which is also pretty neat. But you know, Mario and Luigi had their own special item. Donkey Kong and Diddy Kong had their own special. Yoshi, Yoshi and Birdo, and so on. Uh, so they all had their own item that you would only have if you played as that character and and then as well they added extra carts too so you could customize your cart depending on how heavy you want it to be or or light so you they just added so much more customization there too um but uh other than that it it, i think it improves on mario kart 64 quite a bit it is different than a lot of the other mario kart games too like i find it hard to see how they went from 64 to double dash and then to wii which is a much more of a safe mario kart game going from double dash to wii that was a, a different jump too but yeah for sure yeah there's something about double dash i think a lot of it is like all those little customization sort of things with the with the mm-hmm. abilities and everything like I, there's a lot of ideas in that game that they did not use again like i think yeah. we talked about this probably on your show when my when myself and mike maybe maybe or maybe it was on our show when you came on how it's just like there's all these ideas that double dash had that just they haven't been used 20 years right. later it's kind of strange um mm-hmm. although you know like we said, Mario Kart 8's been around for a decade, so there's only so many ideas they could do in a new game, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, when the, when they announced the, uh, the like the new expansion pass with the new courses, Mike and I, my Mike, we both have a Mike co-host, which is interesting. Uh, we were both talking offline, like, oh, like maybe they're going to add Double Dash mode. Like, you know, they're adding all of these oh, courses. Oh, like, yeah. I don't know how that would change the dynamic of that game. I'm not a game developer, if you couldn't tell. Um, but uh, <laughs> like they, our discussion for the last 20 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't make video games for a living, quite honestly. Um, but I would love like as much as I do love getting new courses, like we just got the expansion pass just recently. And it's fun to go back to a couple of N64 games, a couple of DS games. Um, it's all cool. I'm playing this Mario Kart tour levels that I've never played before. I would love to have a double dash mode where I can have two characters 
They have special items. Like we have, what is it now? Like 50 characters, it feels like in Mario Kart 8. It's, it's, it's something close to that if it's not, yeah. Yeah, and you've got Splatoon now. You've got Link. Like you've got Animal Crossing villagers and all of the Mario Kingdom characters too. Like they could have a field day with different items and and new tracks in those world too. Like they're just, I, I, I think Double Dash mode needs to come back as like either a like a special mode that you switch on and off or as a completely new game. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah. I do love seeing the Mario Kart uh the remakes in Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, like the um the new the tracks that they kind of remastered. That's true. Yeah. Like I have enjoyed that and even in Mario Kart 7 they put uh the cheap cheap beach, the beach level, I think that's the name of it. Uh that was in the 3DS game on Mario Kart 7, love that. But when I picked up my Wii U, it came with uh Mario Kart 8 Deluxe and I remember not knowing that they put remastered courses in there. And playing rainbow road on like hd with like you know better way better graphics than the n64 could handle uh and just the music was fully orchestrated like i was on borderline of tears just playing that game so <laughs> like uh, like as low like i don't rank mario kart 64 super high i have my ranking here it's fourth and if i count eight mario kart games it's in the middle for me okay yeah that's that's probably where it probably sit for me as well i i think yeah. i have less experience with with all of them at least more consistently but it'd probably be okay. somewhere yeah, mid or lower half for myself, but yeah. that doesn't mean that it's not a good game. Like, there's nothing, no, no, yeah. It's a it's a terrifically fun game, and it, it's it's mainly high up for me probably because of nostalgia. But yeah. uh, we didn't even talk about the battle mode. I think the battle mode itself is a reason to buy this game. The three it, balloons. It's in the... it's got to be. It's such a good one. It's such yeah. a good one. The 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 levels are the levels are simplistic, but also you know dynamic enough that it really works with with this with this game for sure yeah like just seeing all the characters lined up at the beginning of a match with your your three balloons and like a really tight area like you feel like you're in like a level of squid game or something like something like stuff's about to go <laughs> stuff's about to go down with these with these characters right like it's, it's like a happy course but you know war is about to break out like it's a really funny like dichotomy between the two like my my cousins and i when we came over man we used to play donut and block fort for hours again just donut, handing, off, yes. handing off controllers over and over again shooting shells like going after the person with one balloon left because you know that they're going to be the first ones out like oh, oh see we did the opposite we went after the person that had the most oh we, okay we, we ganged up on the person that was in first <laughs> <laughs> no we would we'd, we'd pick on the weakest link in my family we're very we're a very british household so we uh <laughs> the knees <laughs> yeah <laughs> dude but to that battle mode i don't think battle mode has been better since mario kart 64 i, I think agree. That's, that's the one thing this game has done better than all the other games for sure yeah i agree i agree um and those those added added items and stuff like you know it's it's mostly shells it's mostly banana peels and stuff but it's just yeah. for some reason it, it stands out in this one for sure i mean i spent a lot of time in the super nintendo version a lot playing that too but again it's only two people you know you're not you're not playing with four like the added two other people i think really does add to the fun chaos that the game sure. allows um yeah i think that that takes it a, a lot further and a lot higher so um all right neil well i appreciate it man thank you so much for for coming on for coming on the show we'll 100 have to have you back on um to talk i i have hundreds of games to eventually talk about i don't know if i'll be 80 by the time i do that but uh, <laughs> uh and hopefully my n64 is still running by that time but eventually i'll get to the ball and eventually we'll we'll chat about more games so i appreciate you taking the time it's a lot, man. I 100% appreciate it. I love the N64. Not as much as I love the GameCube, but I do have a very big soft spot for it. And when you asked me to talk about Mario Kart 
Mario Kart 64 specifically, I had to think like, it's probably been 20 years since someone asked me to sit down and talk about just Mario Kart 64. Like this was the <laughs> lunchroom. I feel like I'm like in a lunchroom in kindergarten again. So I really appreciate you having me on. And uh, yeah, definitely anytime you need me to come back, let me know. I have a, a good stack of N64 games, so I'm down to come back at any time. And I know what it's like to cover a full library of games. So uh, best of luck to you. <laughs> best yeah, of luck gonna... to you on your mission here. I, I got to do my best. I got to do my best. You guys, hey. you guys have done such a good job on yours that, uh, you know, I'll, uh, I'll refer to the experts if I have any trouble. I know where sure. to find you. So yeah. <laughs> we know, we know all about the, uh, the, the, the dull episodes where it's like, oh crap, we got to cover what golf games today. All right. Well, yeah, we golf games. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get to get the golf them. games, but I got, Mar- I got Mario golf. You know, it's, it you was, the, it was, it was a decent one to get to. So I'll get to yeah, that yeah. one too. So, um, all right, Neil, I appreciate it. Thank you very much. And if everyone wants to find Neil and, uh, and his good work, it's the GameCube was cool podcast. So check them out. And uh, Neil, man, again, thank you very much. Thank you so much, Dave. I'll talk to you again real soon. Time for the nerd question of the day for this episode. I asked you on social media, who is your go-to Mario Kart racer? I did not limit the choices to just the N64 version. I wanted to ask everybody across the board, get a variety of answers. We'll start off on Instagram. The Rick Gray said Yoshi, Pixel Power said Bowser for the win, and both Luigi's Apartment and Punch the Geek said Luigi. Off to Twitter now where I had a ton of really great responses. At Wired Fire says he's been playing Mario Kart DS again recently, and he's rediscovered Yoshi and the Poltergust 4000 combo. At Love Retro BTW Andy says Baby Luigi. Darkwing J says Donkey Kong and then Pac-Man in the arcade. At Vikahall says with Waluigi or Boo. At Dabs04 says Baby Rosalina. The Offender Blog says Wario. And at Helm969 and at Slaw Saunders both go with Yoshi. And of course, I'll throw in a couple of picks from my co-host from back in my day. Mr. Michael R. Powers says Toad and Ian Walter No surprise here. He says, I'm a Wario. I'm going to win. Thank you, everyone, for joining myself and Neil for level four of the podcast. As I mentioned off the top, patreon.com slash remember64show is where you can help me build my gaming collection so I can share it and my experiences with you. It also gives you a chance to be part of the show, and you can even get episodes days early before they hit the regular podcast feed. Until that time, feel free to email me, remember64show at gmail.com, and find more videos, photos, and fun collecting shenanigans on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. All of those are at remember64show. Until next time, stay pixelated, my friends. <laughs>